Welcome to Bear Football here on the Barroom Network. John Buffone alongside Aldo Gondia and Tyler Ellis. The Bears are victorious today. They defeat the New York Giants by a score of 29-3 in the Mike Glennon revenge game that never came to fruition. Uh, all in all, uh, this, <laughs> this game was over before it started. The Bears scored, I think, 18 seconds into the game. Uh, they got a, a multiple score lead very early in this game, and they beat the lowly Giants, much like we said in the halftime report. If nothing else, this gives you an idea of it could be worse because <laughs> you could be a Giants fan with that franchise uh, losing to the likes of Andy Dalton when you have to trot Mike Glennon out there. Uh, we talked about some takeaways at halftime and what we wanted to see. Uh, Aldo, anything different or anything to add after that second half, or did it just didn't really move the needles from the second quarter? Yeah, I really didn't move the needle much. I mean, uh, Travis Gibson uh, had another strip sack, so that was great to see. We had mentioned before that we'd love to see him continue his ascension. Uh, he's uh, uh, under contract with the Bears for the next two seasons, so as I mentioned at halftime, he's he's a building block for this team, and so uh, to see him play even against subpar competition like he was, to see him have a dominating uh, game uh, was excellent to see. I was disappointed that A-Rob continues to look like he is um, – I don't know. I mean, a lot of people – I posted something on Twitter. A lot of people were critical of A-Rob saying he's quit on the team. I don't think he's that kind of player, to be honest with you. I think he's a quality guy. I think he's been playing injured. I think there's been, just been a lack of chemistry. I don't think that he's the type of guy – I mean, at the end of last season when we saw A-Rob play, he – he was diving for balls. He was making big plays, and he didn't have a contract for this season. Why would he now decide to quit? I just don't get that. So I disagree with fans. But to answer your question, uh, John, I, I, you know, there it was an ugly, ugly, ugly game. So it's one of those games where you got to go back on and on tape and analyze things frame by frame to figure out what were the good parts of it for Bears player development standpoint. Anything new on your radar there, Gaines? Um, nothing. I don't want to say anything new. Obviously, the, the development of our young guy Gibson. I mean, we talked about him when he when he got drafted. He was he was a tone setter in college, and um, could he put on the muscle weight? Could he handle the NFL um um weight speed, if you will? And he is. It is really really cool to see as a young guy developing. Um, I lo I love seeing Roquan Smith and coverage on those wheel routes and everything. And so with cer certain little things that you're excited about. Defense came out and did what they had to do. Obviously, it's, go, it's, it's Mike Glennon. They thought that they were, they were going to go to their, their backup, their fourth, fifth string quarterback. And so, um, but still, as a Bears fan, you see, I don't know how it was Allen Robinson's fault when Andy Dalton clearly overthrew him. And so it's like, it's like, what did we, is this, it's, it, it, it was still cute. It, we would do something great and then like, oh man, oh shucks. It was like, that was a phenomenal strip sack. But it's like, Andy, he was open. And even David Montgomery, he, I think David Montgomery's got excited because at the end, he could have just waited a little bit, ran to the right, and just threw him a little toss pass. But in terms of anything new, John, 
the Bears. I don't want to get excited about what I just saw. I saw so many cool things, offense and defense, but it's like, bro, we know what it really is. Yeah, I'm not thrilled that I have David Montgomery on my fantasy team. He lost me four <laughs> points for throwing an interception, something I did, did not did not account for going into oh, the championship. Uh, but yeah, uh, but to to kind of relay back to the the Allen Robinson talk. Now, I, it's hard, even if you. Character aside, and I think Allen Robinson is a, a high character guy who plays to the end. And you, we, like you said, Aldo uh, kept kept diving for balls last year. All of that aside, this is a guy that doesn't have a contract going into next year. So even if he was done with the Bears, he shouldn't be done for his stats. He shouldn't be done for playing because dude wants to get paid. And so I don't. So I don't see how you know sending a message to the Bears that you're done with them. You're gonna be gone anyway. So what is it? What is it, is sending a message to the Chicago Bears worth you know uh, you know losing an extra five million dollars a year? So uh, I don't know if he, I can buy that he checked out or he quit on the team because if he got paid and then did this, then you can make that argument. But he's trying to get a contract next year in a free agent market. So he's not going to be like, oh, whatever. I'm going to show the Bears. I'm only going to catch 35 balls this year. No. The Bears are like, okay, go ahead. And then you get stuck with a, you know, only a $7 million contract. I'm speaking just in relative terms. But, uh, of course, he's not just going to be like, I'm going to send a message to the Bears. And that will show him. It doesn't show anybody. Uh, he, he is struggling. I don't know if it's an injury. I don't know if it's a scheme. I don't know if it's the quarterbacks. I don't know. And like we said at halftime, I don't know if we'll ever get an answer to that question because if Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are gone on January 10th, there's no one to really ask that then. There's no there's no one to really address that to unless they get Nagy right after the game against the Vikings next week. And he has to do his post-game press conference right after the game. And they say, so, Matt, I don't know if we're going to talk to you tomorrow. So what's the deal with Allen Robinson and why didn't he get more involved in this year? Uh, so that, that might be the only time we actually – uh, hear that question but uh, all in all it, like you said really ugly game the Giants are really really bad and I'm not trying to pile on but I'm just saying I'm just trying to look at this from a 10,000 foot view of the Giants are really bad and the Bears were able to take advantage of some of those really bad uh, bad Giants mistakes and Mike Glennon mistakes uh, but also a high point in this Robert Quinn setting the Bears record for sacks big big deal and in a year that is going to be not very memorable. Uh, Robert Quinn is going to be able to look back in this and say that he made history and one and for one of the franchises that prides itself on defense, prides itself on getting to the quarterback. And you, you talk about the slew of defensive icons that are in uh, involved with this franchise. Robert Quinn is the single season record holder for the Chicago Bears. And so uh, that being the case, I know at the beginning of last year, we talked about is, and we're going to see, we're going to go through that record-breaking sack right now where you see him get to Mike Glennon, who looks like he's wearing cement shoes, but a sack nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, we, we, I remember talking about at the beginning of the year, a lot of analysts saying, you know, uh, Quinn looks like a good candidate for a post-June cut where they're going to save money by letting him go. Oh, they sure as hell aren't going to cut him. But that does bring up a question, Aldo. If he does get 18 sacks and he's he's the driving force behind this defense, and you know you don't know what Khalil Mack's health's going to be like week to week, does the new regime say, "Look at this guy's coming off 18 sacks, maybe 20 sacks by the end of the year," and say this guy's stock is never going to be higher, and we could get a second round pick for this guy, and we are rebuilding because we don't have a first round pick next year because we used it for Justin Fields? 
do we need a 32-year-old Robert Quinn? Or do we try to see if we can build up a war chest of picks? What do you, what, and I'm not, I'm not advocating for either one, but I really think that's a question that's going to be, uh, they're going to have to be addressed at some point. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a really, really, uh, interesting predicament that they find themselves in. Me personally, I want Robert Quinn back. Why? Because if you want to give Justin Fields all of the weapons that he needs, he needs a good defense. He needs a defense that's going to turn over the ball to him with half a field, just like Andy Dalton got today. And so if you come back next season with a healthy Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn playing at this level, that's going to help Justin Fields tremendously. It's going to cut back the amount of drives that he's got to go 75 yards to get a touchdown and uh, have a a boatload of uh, drives that are half the field. So that is really, really critical. And with the team having so many needs in the defensive backfield, what's the best way to help those guys is to have a pass rush. When you have a pass rush that is disrupting the passer, that is tipping passes, that is pressuring the quarterback, that is hitting the quarterback, though there's going to be lots of throws, they're going to miss their mark, and that's going to be a great opportunity for interceptions, passes defended, and so forth. So in the big scheme of things, everybody on this team needs Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack back back next season. We could go from a team, you know, that is mediocre to a better than average team and maybe even a a very good team if Justin Fields uh, fulfills his promise as a quarterback. What do you think, Tyler? Quinn stay or do you try to get anything for him? I mean, John, I know it's a great question to ask because, like, if you're from, when you're G, with your GM hat on, it's your duty to look for the best interest of the team. And because there's always a team out there is willing to give up, like a Texans, willing to give up more than what you may get. And so it, it all depends on what I believe the mission statement for the next regime. That that head coach or that GM, and what's your mission statement? You might have a coach that comes and say, "Hey, I need two years to get to the playoffs." Or you might have a coach that says, hey, we're going to try everything. We're going to go for see what we got this year. Then we'll retool. And so that goes to say, Aldo, if we're going to try to make a – we're trying to win a division, we need a pass rush. Well, we have a guy who's just broke a Hall of Fame record, why, we don't, and he's already on a deal. We already paid him. And so it's really, really cool. Let's just give Ryan Pace a little – okay, bro. Okay. All right, Ryan Pace, you got – that's cool. Because, John, that he he's actually um, – if we were able to get some picks for him – we Ryan Pace made a deal, and now it's like getting a profit back on that transaction is what you could have. But also, what that says is though, if we could do that right now with the um with with a younger, I gotta say, middle of the line next year, we could, could we could we could we make that jump next year with the right offensive system? You see, what I'm saying because now you need a pass rush because what you don't want is we don't want to put how much more pressure on the offense to score when they've already shown they can't score. And so like, so, so why do it? I personally would love Quinn back because we've been looking for somebody opposite of Khalil Mack or we've been looking for one guy for a long time. We might have two guys, but with Gibson, now we have a potential serious three. Mm -hmm. If they ain't broken, don't fix it. Yeah. And I think that whoever comes in next year, GM and head coach, uh, as soon as they get there, obviously they're going to do an internal audit of the the players they have, the inventory they have. But also, I think they're going to do a competition audit. If all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers does get traded to Pittsburgh or Denver or anything of that, then you have Jordan Love starting for the Packers. You have the Kirk Cousins-led Vikings, which are never that scary. And then you have the Lions, who are in the middle of a pretty big rebuild. So if you if you look over the division next year, you say, you know what? Justin Fields and this team might be able to compete. 
for for a division. Uh, if we can turn this around quickly, uh, we're going to send it to Robert Quinn right now. Actually. Uh, well, I thought the rest of them the play did, and well, they didn't. Uh, yeah, he made a made a nice play. Um, you know, it's just football for you. Yeah. Uh, Audio coming at you. Hold on. Yes, he's there. No, I mean, just just keep going. I mean, it, it, it's football, so I mean, it, towards the end of the game, just trying to finish it out strong. Um, guys were having fun, and I uh, guess I caught fire at the right time. What does the record mean to you setting this single Hall of Famer? Uh, I mean, it's an honor. Um, I mean, like you said, a Hall of Famer and Richard did. The, the, I guess to take the record is, you know, it's an honor. Um, but, you know, he <laughs> Just got to make sure I keep building my resume the right way. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Again, at the end of the day, I'm just doing my job. So I know you like to build attention. You don't like attention. Close to so how nice was it? It's very cold time out kind of with the fans recognizing for you. Well, yeah, I was trying to figure out what was going on. Why, why did we Why did we stop? You know, I was – so, I mean, yeah, it's definitely, you know, for them to do that, uh, you know, I don't know. I guess it shows a little respect. Um Again, it's an honor for them to even do that. Uh, you know, you know, the to break that. I guess it was eighty-five, the eighty-five year to break that record. Uh, again, it's as you can see, I'm at a loss of words because it's been a while. So, uh, yeah. Again, I'm just doing my job, having fun while I'm out there with my brothers, and you know, just make the most of our opportunity. Robert, the fourth quarter of the game that was out of hand. Did you let yourself think about it? Before you got that last sack, were you were you trying? Did it enter your mind at all? Hey, maybe we can get this up right now. Uh, well, people wouldn't let me forget about it. You know, I'm, <laughs> you know, every time I, you know, get it, get it. I'm like, can you just let me get it, and we'll talk about it. And so I, I mean, yeah, people just didn't let me forget about it all day. So as I was trying to brush it off and play football, I just kept getting either by the by the guys on the bench, which is, I mean. They just, they just want to see people, you know, my teammates, brothers want to see everyone be successful. But when I started hearing the fans in the background saying it, then I'm like, yeah, we need to let's just focus in and play football. So players in particular were in your ear about? Uh, well, D-line, OLBs, just where we sit on the bench. Who, uh, yeah, who the heck allow someone, you know, whoever else just to make that mark. I, yeah, I think it was just guys wanting to see quote-unquote history made and, you know, well, I guess we got it done. Remember, they barely threw the ball. I mean, they, they, they're down, you know, points some on. Well, I mean, I know they're down a lot of receivers. Um, and they're, you know, banged up you know, all, all over the place. Um, I mean, sometimes you just got to see, you know, what you're working with, maybe running the ball. You know, all it takes is one explosive run. And, all, you know, they could have been back in the game, so. I mean, at the end of the day, when you're playing with a limited amount of receivers, there's only so much you can do as an offense. And, you know, I guess we were able to take advantage of it. Robert, can you take us through the play where you did set the record, kind of what you saw to get home and, and then get the ball out? Um, well, as I, I look, at the, the, look at the football, and as soon as it flinches, I'm gone. And, well, I guess I got a good jump. Well, it actually, Trev Gibson, he, he was heating up early, so – 
he had me stressing, not stressing, but pressing to try to catch up to him. So, you know, uh, I think he had two in the first half or whatever it was. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I was just trying to get up on the ball as fast as I can, like any pass rush I want to. And I had that one good jump, and I knew I had the corner. So the quarterback was still there. Secondary had their man, the guys on lock. And I was able to, I guess, you know, make history. So, of course, thank you to everyone on defense that was out there with me to tell how that to happen. You know, you got Glennon in the first half really dumped the ball off on that quick pass. Did you think you had the sack on that one? Well, at first, then, uh, then I saw, like you said, flick the ball out, and I, like George, didn't hear no whistle. So I just figured it was a completed pass. And, you know, then, of course, it's, uh, you know, crazy to see it, have a play like that happen. But we had a slow ball, so we just, we don't see many crazy things out here. Brother, you your appreciation, knowing you got the record in 16 games, just like Richard Ben did, instead of beating that 17th game to get the record? I'm sorry, I, I missed him. Do you have any extra appreciation knowing you got the record in 16 games, just like Richard Dunn did, instead of being the extra 17 games? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, just in that regards, you, you know, if it took 17, I'm sure he would have called me and would have, you know, made sure I knew knew what the heck was going on. <laughs> <laughs> I love but, he, he, you know, yes, I talked to him, actually, and he still made a mark. It was, I think it was quite funny. He said he had, I think, 17 and a half. And uh, only started ten games, so he he let me know, you know the <laughs> the, the company I was in. So I mean, it's you know just an honor um, again to to be able to break the a blessing. You know, the powers above bless me greatly. You know, I, I uh, greatly. So of course, thank you, and uh, yeah, thank you to everyone that supported me. When did you when did you talk to Richard? Uh, yesterday. <laughs> yesterday, yeah, I just pulled up to the house. We talked for a little bit. Um, you know, just small talk, talking a little football, and yeah, he threw that comment out there, and it, that comment, that one kind of stuck with me. But <laughs> <laughs> I, of course, look, you look up his record or career, and no matter if he started sixteen or ten games, his his career, you know, holds up on his own. So, you know, that's why he's in the Hall of Fame, of course. Did he give you any indication that he wanted you to break it or not? Does anybody want their records broken? <laughs> you know. I, I think he was excited, but not really, you know. <laughs> from, what, from what you guys saw on video, did you see anything else in particular? Or did you see any weakness of the open, uh, Giants offensive line? Um, I mean, they, they got a nice core. Um, I mean, All just right. early we were able to get we'll, up. Uh, you know, again, throw away from Robert up. now as he's answering questions from the New York media. They, they want yeah. Oh, you're you're hurting. You're hurting for stat. Those those New York the giant beat guys. They got to be like, we need something to put in the paper or online. Like, yes. what the hell are we gonna write? Like, you know what? Let's write about Robert Quinn. <laughs> so, uh, I, I I I love Robert Quinn. I think yeah. he's incredibly incredibly humble. Uh, I I don't think that this like i think that when i think the story was whenever he got named to the pro bowl matt nagy told him about it he's like i didn't even know i was watching forensic files when it happened i was like okay cool and so like like there's just like he's he's incredibly humble and you can tell that he loves football and it's not really hung up on the records or you know even you know he just likes to be out there playing and so getting back to our conversation that we were having right before this is whether you bring him back or you try to trade that the high value player 
that's a guy who may not be overly vocal with some of the young guys, but also there's a big lead by example kind of thing there where he goes in, he does, he does his job. He's not obviously, you know, he's not that type of personality. He's going to throw anybody else under the bus. I think he holds himself accountable for a lot of things. Uh, and I think that that can be a really good lesson. If you, if you want to go younger on a couple of different places, fine. Uh, but this, and that we're talking, and this, this goes beyond, offense and defense i think just having a guy in the locker room like that uh really shows how you conduct yourself as a professional conduct yourself as far as being a football player and understanding what's important uh and understanding that robert quinn is a guy who could have packed it in this year he got paid he got a big contract from the chicago bears and had a pretty bad year last year and to the point where fans were and you know some analysts were saying it was the worst free agent signing in bears history let's not forget that that was just about a year ago myself included and all of us were included in that we're thinking this might have been one of the worst free agent signings oh tyler don't act like you thought it was a great signing he had one sack last year i didn't, I didn't say more. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but uh, the he, the fact that he was able to come back for his own dignity, for his team, for his teammates, that speaks volumes, and I love that about him. And so, I, I like that he could be a presence in the locker room. Looks like we got Andy Dalton at the at the uh, podium right now. Happened today, and you know, for us to take advantage of the neck and just score touchdowns, get up fourteen zero was was big and. You know, they, they didn't let up all day. You know, our defense played unbelievable today and kept giving us, you know, great field position, giving us good opportunities. And, um, you know, we, we definitely left them out there. But, uh, I mean, it, it was a big one for us. How much fun was it to have one of the players that you played with and have a quickly? Yeah, I mean, you, it's nice to have one of these happen for sure. Um you know how this league is. You never know how it's going to go. Games are won a lot of different ways, and I think it just kind of where where we've been at and, and, and kind of everything that we've that's gone on this year. I think this one this one felt good to have this one go like this. And how much of a factor was the win on the field today? Specifically going to that north end zone, a couple of throws, one to do uh, one in the end zone, and another one to Mooney kind of hung on you a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm glad we played today and not yesterday. I mean, it was a huge difference in, in weather, but um, yeah, I wouldn't say the wind was a factor. What was prep like for you this week? You know, Matt told us Friday that you were the starter. Did you prepare all weekends that you would start? When did you get the I did, and then I found out on Thursday that I, that I would be starting. So, uh, I mean, my, my preparation, everything was, was the same going into it. Hey, what's your level of appreciation for Robert's season and what he's accomplished here this year? Yeah, you know, Robert and I were the same draft class, so I followed him, um, you know, from the beginning. And, you know, you just look at the so many great seasons that he's had. I mean, he just broke the Bears record, and I don't even think that's his the most he's had. I think he's had 19 sacks in the season. So, I mean, that just goes to show the type of player that he's been for a long time. And so, I mean, I, you're just so happy for him. You know, a guy that's worked really hard and um, does everything the right way, and for him to – to have the success that he's had and, and and to get not only 100 sacks, but to, to break the Bears record too, a same sack was, was pretty cool, pretty special. What, what do you admire about his personality, the way he approaches work and, and just life as a whole? Yeah, I'm sure he stood up here and was like, well, I mean, I sacked him 100 times. I you know, it's <laughs> just his personality is great. You know, he's just uh, very easygoing. And I mean, you, you respect that guy that just, does, like I said, it does everything the right way. And, um, 
you know, just really happy for him, his family, every, everything, everybody that's involved. Is, you know, it's just, it's really awesome. Yeah, for sure. You know, just a guy, just you know, Jason's been unbelievable for this team and for our, our offensive line group and, and everybody. So it's good to have him back. So, uh, Andy Dalton found out he was starting on Thursday. Uh, and so, um, is there anything to take away from an Andy Dalton presser or an Andy Dalton performance? Uh, because uh, it's just like, uh, we and you know, play aside and whatever this game was, like, he ain't gonna be here next year. So, is, is there really? Anything that you can take away from anything that Andy Dalton would say in a press, unless I mean, because even if he throws Nagy under the bus, Nagy's not going to be here next year, most likely anyway. So, is there is there really anything that you can bring in from Andy Dalton and say, oh, that's a fun tidbit, or are we are we just kind of like are we just are we a placeholder at this point? I mean, guys, let's let's just be transparent at this moment. The the Giants didn't try to win the football game, <laughs> and, and that's my honest opinion. Like. We we've been upset before. I mean, Glennon had eleven, I think, 11, less than fifteen attempts passing the ball. Like they didn't try to win, so it's like this. If there was a game for us to steal and win and feel good about, this is that game to give you some type of confidence, I guess. But it's about like Andy, you weren't even going against competition, and bro, like you, it's still like it is like it is what it is. It is what it is at this point. We paid for that. We could have just gone with the rookie. But I do respect the fact that Justin did get to see veteran mistakes. When we, when we say somebody wants to learn from a veteran, we always think it's good. But sometimes it's watching the bad also. And I think Justin got a lot of those mental reps. And I'm like, I said, I'm going to say it again. I'm glad Justin didn't play. I'm glad he didn't rush out there to get more injured or whatever it is. But the fact of the matter is, John, what you take away from Andy Dalton, which I wish him luck on his next venture for. I'm glad he got some good tape. Like I said, I did like that touchdown pass. I did like how he did get um, throw the ball to Mooney, whatever. Um, I think, um, but the fact of the matter is, he was supposed to be a stopgap. It was supposed to be a stopgap, and um, just going back to Robert Quinn, um, it was a great signing because he had let Dallas in sacks the previous year, and so, um, but this with an ankle with with an ankle injury, and he still tried to play. It's no way we could have saw it, and so for 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 Quinn to lead Dallas and Sachs and then come in here and break Dent's record. I mean, you could just see that Ryan Pace, which is what I thought. Let's listen to our, let's listen to, let's listen to him talk for a second. <laughs> Matt Nagy at the podium. Making the, uh, the plays when they need to, and then offensively being able to, um, uh, again, early on score touchdowns and then do enough. Uh, and then the, the, the part that I thought was good was the, the defense um, being able to special teams, getting them backed up, the defense creating the safety, offense going down and getting sealing three points at the end, end of the half. That that's stuff that you work on, and the guys executed it. And so um, that part was was really good um, personally for for Robert to be able to to get uh, the sack record was neat. You know, he didn't, he hasn't, and doesn't talk about it very often. Uh, that's who he is. Um, but to see him get it was 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 cool uh, to have a hundred and. 100.5 sacks in his career. That's a lot of sacks. And not to overshadow Travis Gibson, who I think, you know, having two sacks and starting the game the way he did, sometimes that can happen. But that defense just really balled out. They, they played hard. And, and, again, the effort from these guys is what, what really jumps out to me and, and that we appreciate that. So, um, uh, you know, other than that, I'll go ahead and open up the questions y'all might have. Yeah. Robert's personality, the decision that you made to take a timeout to just let him. Yeah. Just your thought process on that moment. Yeah. Um, 
it, it just kind of happened uh, naturally and organically that when it happened, how it happened, it just was natural for me to do that. Uh, obviously, being in a position where you can do that, where using a timeout in that position doesn't hurt your team. Um, so I just it just pays respect from all of us as coaches and players to him, how much we appreciate. I, I just I think what's cool and what's important for these young players that are on this team to see somebody at his age practice the way he practices. You guys get to see Sunday. You know, you get to see the starter practice and individual drills. No one in this room other than myself gets to see Robert Quinn practice every day the way he plays. And what a what a great person to see, to look up to and see if you practice like this, this is what can happen, especially after coming off of last year, right? Resilient. Um, you know, he's been through a lot in his, in his life. And to get to this point right now, um, he'd be the last person to tell you that he wants any attention, but but he deserves it. You think he had it on the play where I did. It? Yeah, yeah. Did you do, did you see right away? Oh my God, they didn't blow it dead. Or no, I knew right away. It was a good call by the by the refs. They made a good call. It was quick, and Glenn made a nice play. You saw that. I never hear that again. The, the yeah, well, they went empty first play. You know, they opened it up. So, um, and then for that to happen, for us to get that. You know, we've been we've been talking about turnovers for a long time, and sometimes it's like you talk about it, you talk about it, you talk about it, and they don't come. And and now to be able to get that to first play, it just it got the whole team going. It got this. The, and we got big Tonga in there, freaking rolling right down the middle. You know, just like bowling ball. So um, he was he was uh, that was fun to see. You guys haven't had a lot of easy ones. Mm -hmm. Moment at all, in the second half of the fourth quarter to kind of look around and appreciate it. I mean, I did. Yeah, I, well, I just thought that for these guys, I appreciate it for the players to be able to have this because, um, you know, they, they deserve it. And it's nice. I mean, we, whether you're, you're winning or losing or it's a close game, you know, we talked about like our next opponent with Minnesota and you got so many close games, it comes down to the last play. It's nice to have one where you're able to be in control from the first play to the last play. And, uh, and so, you know, being where we, where we've been through this year, uh, Again, the one thing that I, I'm very impressed with and appreciate from the players and coaches is, is the effort and the care. Man, if this is your last game coaching here at Soldier Field, how will you remember this place? Well, again, you know, um, uh, for me, I take it day by day. If it, if it goes that way, then it's, uh, it's meant to be. And I just, it's uh, at the same point in time, I'm so stuck in today's game and the feeling that I have that I, I don't even have time to, to really, I haven't thought about that. Maybe I will down the road if that was to happen. If not, I'm, uh, I'm just going to do exactly what I've been doing all year long, and that's prepping for Minnesota. And you scored with like a minute left to go in the first half, and you're getting the ball back to start the second half. But that sequence, yeah. I'm just curious kind of yeah. your thought process on being able to maximize that. Right? Well, yeah, we had some timeouts left. The defense kept making them get negative yards. Um, we used our timeouts. We stopped the clock. We got the safety. And now we, we, we wanted to go down and try to steal three points. We did that. We ran out of timeouts. Um, we knew that we were going to, if we had a completion, like we got one to A-Rob, that we'd, you know, uh, clock it and kick a field goal. All right, guys, okay, you okay. heard it. <laughs> uh, our losses turn Nagy off. We want to hear you guys. And uh, not a lot of complimentary uh, <laughs> comments in the chat room towards Matt Nagy. Everyone is done with him. And as somebody pointed out, though, I mean, he's going he's going to leave uh, the Chicago Bears franchise, as everyone expects next week, uh, with a winning record, an all-time winning record as a head coach. 
Uh, and that's not out of the norm for something like that to happen. Lovey Smith, in fact, uh, was fired after a 10 and six season and were a couple of plays away from making the playoffs. But Phil Emery in his second season as general manager of the Chicago Bears fired Lovey because he wanted to bring in his own guy who, of course, was Mark Tressman and the rest, as they say, is history. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't need to, we don't need to bring that up. But um, <laughs> yeah, I uh, yeah I thought that that was a good question. I I didn't know if they were going to really address you know the elephant in the room, but I don't know who was who it was towards the end where it says, "Man, if this was your last game at Soldier Field," and you know that's you know that's giving the assumption that you're not going to be here next year. So I thought that was a good question. And I thought, mm -hmm. I mean, what is Matt Nagy going to say? Uh, so I thought that he, you know, in his normal way, danced around the question, which was probably the right way to go about that. <laughs> but, uh, I'm sure that he'll have something to say. I'm not sure. Do they, if, if they fire him, do they, does he still do like the post presser with the Vikings or do they say, Hey, at the end of this game, don't even, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll put somebody else out there to talk. I'm not, can they fire him like immediately after the game? So he doesn't talk to anybody after the Vikings game. Yes, they can do that. But I don't think that the bears will, will do that. I think that, uh, uh, when they fire him next week, it'll be late Sunday night or early Monday morning. Um, particularly if they beat the Vikings, they'll want him to celebrate with his team and so forth. But I think he knows what his fate is. I, I highly doubt that the Bears are vacillating on this thing, even though they've won now two in a row. It would be, to me, uh, the most egregious error by the part of Chicago Bears management if they were even at this point considering bringing Matt Nagy back for next season. It's over. He's proven that he can't get the jo job done. He had that miracle season in 2018 because the Bears had one of their best defenses in their history, and that's saying a lot. Uh, but year after year after year, the offense has been putrid. And so now I think the only remaining question is, does Ryan Pace leave with him? And the fact that they have not taken advantage of firing Matt Nagy and looking for their next head coach with this new rule of the last two weeks of the season, you can do that. The fact that they haven't fired Matt Nagy and started their coaching search, to me, says there's a good chance Ryan Pace may be gone as well. Tyler, what do you see this, uh, how, how this shaking out? Do you see Ryan Pace getting the boot along with Nagy, or do they say, hey, a couple of GMs have gotten it right on their third try? I know we referenced that it was a, four or five, six weeks ago. We talked about uh, Arizona trying to get it right. Uh, uh, the, I almost said the Clippers, the Chargers getting it uh, right, uh, sticking with the GM and then finally getting the coach and the quarterback right. If they can get the coach to work with Justin Fields, could you see Ryan Pace coming back? I could. I, I really could. Um, if, if we're talking about a stubborn organization that refuses to change, um, they're going to try to keep as much thing as there possible. If, the, if if Ryan Pace is their press guy and their glue boy, their golden boy, then I think they're going to try to look at every single option. But who's who's putting their job on the line for Ryan Pace? And, and, and what, are the, what are the results of that conversation? Um, if it was up to Ryan Pace, if Ryan Pace is staying, that means Ryan Pace allowed this to continue. And which is like still a question mark or a red flag for your GM, because it's like you got you got head coaches around the league making like executive decisions and telling you straight up this is what this is what we're not going to tolerate. Bruce Arians just told reporters that um, Antonio Brown is no longer a Buccaneer. Like a, a head coach is not afraid to say, "Hey, yo, this is we won't we don't know I, that that just came out. I don't know what I don't know what happened." But what I said to say is, "Well, I do." 
<laughs> what I'm saying is a, a coach or a leadership, John, that's going to say this is what we're going to stand for. The best, the biggest part about right now is is the exit interviews that I believe Ryan Pace is or should be having with every single player um, that's under Matt Nagy's leadership right now because that's going to give you the perception. That's going to give you the um, the thing that's going to be in the books from years from now, the, the truth about where we are right now and where we're going to go forward because what's the sales pitch? If Ryan Pace is staying here, okay, where we, what's, what's the direction? What's the direction of the team and where we're going? How soon can we start? How, how soon can we start um, interviewing John? Because either way, we got either way we got work to do. Uh, two things: one, Antonio Brown had an outburst on the sidelines, took his jersey off, and threw half of his stuff into the stands and walked off the field in the middle of the game. So that's why he's no longer <laughs> in uh, in Tampa Bay. Uh, also, just to show you what he cost himself, he needed eight more catches to unlock a three hundred thousand dollar bonus, fifty five mm. receiving yards to unlock another three hundred thousand dollar bonus, and one touchdown to unlock another three hundred thousand dollar bonus. There's a potential he just cost himself not just a job, but an extra million dollars in. Uh, in uh, incentives there. Uh, so uh, I, I think we have video of it right there that all those bring up. When we talk about veteran presence in the in the locker room and why Robert Quinn could be a good lead by example guy, this is what uh, the alternative is sometimes. Uh, Antonio Brown's taking his pads off, taking his shirt off, throwing his stuff into the fan, throwing his stuff into the uh, crowd. Throwing his gloves off, he has—he's completely shirtless right at this point. And if you're listening to the podcast version, that's why I'm giving you a play-by-play. He's walking by—he's walking out of the stadium, and they go on like nothing happened. I believe he was trying to pump up the crowd before he walked off. Uh, I don't know if they were overly receptive or not, uh, but that—that that shows you uh, sometimes uh, the veteran <laughs> presence you have in there isn't always the good veteran presence. But uh, we're, we're talking about the future of Ryan Pace and I think we are we all assume that Matt Nagy will be getting the axe come uh that Monday after the Vikings game but here's a here's a scenario though if if they decide in one or two years that Ryan Pace isn't really putting together the team they thought they were going to put together or he's not rebounding like they thought they would then do you fire Ryan Pace and then you got to fire the new head coach that you brought in with him? Or are you going to pull a New York Giants and say, no, we're going to hire a new GM, but whoever the new GM is is going to be stuck with the head coach. You have no choice in that. And I don't think you're going to attract many great GM candidates by saying, hey, you're going to come in, you're going to use our head coach. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, so if you don't get rid of Pace, you're saying, okay, we're tying him to this next head coach and we're going to give Pace another three to four years as well. Are you willing to take that risk to have Ryan Pace construct your team for another three to four years and hopefully it works out with a new coach or are we going to be back in the same situation that we're in right now in, in one or two years? Uh, so I, I think that if you clear one, you almost have to clear the other one and start fresh with a new vision, a new GM, maybe a VP of football operations to, to boot in there, to have an extra football mind in there. Uh, that's just, that's kind of how, how I see it. I just don't know how you can keep one uh, and, and get rid of the other. Uh, a, a big, and I'm not, I'm not advocating for this at all, but uh, one of the big talking points on Bears Twitter, because that's what we have to do now, because we can't really talk about the team and in the playoffs, but we got to talk about, we got to talk about talking points. And, uh, a big discussion is, well, if the Broncos get bounced and they decide they're going to get rid of Vic Fangio, how do you feel about Vic Fangio coming back and being the head coach of the Chicago Bears and they get, and they make a big search for an offensive mind to run the offense? Any thoughts on Vic Fangio coming back and being the uh, uh, and being the head coach 
with Sean Desai maybe as the defensive coordinator, that'd be kind of a weird dynamic because it'd be Vic's defense, but I guess Sean Desai would still be the defensive coordinator, but would he really be the defensive coordinator? Would it be almost be like a demotion saying Vic Fangio's coming back? Go ahead and go back to what you used to do when Vic was in Chicago. Any thoughts uh, on that? Because like I said, I'm not advocating either way. I just thought it was really uh, an interesting talking point. I, I, you know, it's it's always interesting that fans want to go back to something that worked, uh, you know, go back to a player who had success here and so forth. And some of those fans were probably calling for Vic Fangio to be fired, you know, uh, in 2016 or something mm-hmm. when uh, things weren't as great, you know. So I, I, I think, you know, I, I always believe you just need to go forward. You shouldn't go back and try to recreate. It's something like the the Chicago the Chicago Blackhawks and and for those Chicago sports fans, they, they when Stan Bowman was the general manager of the team, they kept bringing back these Stanley Cup heroes from yesteryear, but they were old. They were broken down and so forth. Now Vic Fangio is sixty what three years old. Uh, it's going to be sixty four in August, and I think that you know. He uh, is a a great defensive coordinator, but it's not like he's proven himself to be a great head coach. Uh, it's not like he's proven that he can bring in an offensive coordinator who can make things work with Teddy Brid- Bridgewater and and uh, uh, Drew Locke. So I, I, the, to me, the head coaching resume isn't there. Some guys are just better at being coordinators. Some guys are better at being offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators. That's their role. Um, and, and that's, I think what Vic Fangio will hopefully be back as Tyler, what do you think about all that? I mean, I'll go to all my thunder, all of it. Like, <laughs> no, good job, brother. That, 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 that's it. I love it. If you said, I don't got to say it because, um, it's, it's Fangio. What, what's the purpose? Um, is it to, is it to fix the offense? Is it to have just a strong alpha male in that position? Okay, cool. If that was it, if that was all we were looking for, but in terms of fixing the offense, the Broncos, they they had they had some. Well, first of all, I think they have they have a chance to finish five hundred or close to it, I believe. And so, um, in that division, and the AFC, we could say has different types of level of competition. They're in a division with the um, Kansas City Chiefs and everything, and the Chargers. So those are some high power offenses that they're going against. And so, Fangio here, yeah, I can entertain it, but then you would have to really hit home on that offensive position. And so, um, it I don't know, like you said, like. I, there was a point in time when I always wanted Mike Singletary, somebody to be our head coach, just to make us sound tough and everything like that. But it's about like, what do we need? What's going to be best for Justin Fields? What's going to be best for um our our case going forward? And it's just hard to know that when you don't hear from Ryan Pace. Like I can't I can't get a I can't get a true pulse of the team because I don't know the true pulse of the leadership in place, John. And so it was like at the end of the day, Ryan, what what's the freaking goal, bro? What's the goal? What's the direction of this team? Because it's like, you're, what are, you can't keep selling us on 85. Like, what's the direction going forward? Yeah. Justin Fields, okay, are we going to run pass? Is it run play action? Justin Fields, I believe, I believe this kid can be great. I truly believe he can in the right circumstances. And so it's about, like, who's going to be able to bring it together? Because this is going to be a mix of veterans and, and, and young people on this team coming up. And how can we put it together? Um, Which which coach, which group? I mean, it's, it, it, the funny thing about it is – I don't want to say we're that we're not that far off. We just need we just need to execute, guys. We, yeah. just need to execute, we just need to execute. If we could score 28 points a game, it'd be a different situation. 
No, and to your point, uh, I, I was talking about this right before we went to Robert Quint, who uh, who was given his post-game press conference. Maybe a new regime comes in and says, listen, guys, Justin Fields has the potential to be maybe be the second best or best quarterback in this division next year. If Aaron Rodgers leaves Green Bay and then Kirk Cousins is what he is and who knows what's going on in Detroit and who's going to play quarterback for them next year, the Bears have an opportunity to maybe strike at a weak division, much like the Packers have been doing for the last decade. So if a new GM and a new head coach comes in and says, we have something here, we don't need to break it all apart, we could potentially contend for the division this year, then then you might see a retooling as, as opposed to rebuilding. Uh, and and just to you know piggyback onto that Fangio uh, uh, conversation, I'm not advocating for that. I just brought it up. I don't think he should be the head coach of the Chicago Bears <laughs> next year. Uh, but um, but to have, have that adult as the head coach who can also delegate and says, you're in charge of this, I'm the head coach. I'll do game management. I'll do situations, clock management, timeouts, and then it will get everybody ready. We'll get every, make sure everyone is prepared for Sunday. Uh, and so you just want to be able to see a stable structure where it's not – Matt Nagy at the podium saying, well, everything runs through me. I, everything At the end of the day, everything runs through me. I have my hand in this. And this. As a head coach, yeah, we know that. You don't need to tell people that. So it needs to, it needs to be a professional leader of men who can go in there and say, this is the right person to run the offensive line. This is the right person to, to be the quarterback's coach. If the head coach is an offensive-minded person, great. If it's not, it's not the end of the world. There's plenty of good teams who have defensive-minded head coaches. You look at New England, you look at Pittsburgh, you look at Tennessee, they're all doing fine. And because they have a good head coach who's able to delegate some of these responsibilities to also very qualified people. So when Matt Nagy's in here and they're going through uh, Hellfrick and then they're going through Laser and they're, they're, they're just, there's just all of this, you know, uh, turnover within the ranks of the position coaches, uh, Juan, whoever the uh, Harry Highstand, he stand, and then going into Juan Castillo. They completely turned over the position coaches. Well, is that Ryan Pace's fault? Is that Matt Nagy's fault? Or is that just trying to hide the fact that you're not a very good head coach or GM? So you gotta hire, you gotta fire everybody beneath you to make it seem like you fixed everything. So I just want some stability to this position. I want somebody who can be a good leader and can put people in the right positions. Same with the GM. I know that's asking a lot. I think that's what every franchise wants. I know that's what, but at this point. It, we got to get at least uh, uh, Tyler. I think you made this point a couple weeks ago. Can we at least just get lucky? Can we get? We at least just get lucky with something. Maybe if, maybe it's not just like oh, that's the perfect. That's the perfect choice. That was absolutely perfect. Can we just get lucky once? Can we? I mean, blo- uh, uh, broken clocks right twice a day. Can't we just get once? Can we? Can it just work out the one time where it's like okay, we got it. We we stumbled into it, but we got it. That that would be nice. As yes. far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I, um, I yeah, luck. You know, what's the, there's an old expression that uh, luck comes from proper preparation or something like that. You can create your own luck, and I think that's part of the problem with the Chicago Bears is that they have not created their own luck. I'll give you an example. You know, I, I've been using this term, uh, and people have been like looking at me like, "What the hell are you talking about?" But the Bears uh, management ownership lacks 
the ability to synchronize all of the things that are necessary to build a winning team. When you bring in a GM, you also bring in the head coach. And if you're in need of a quarterback, you bring in the quarterback. That is the ideal situation in today's NFL is that you bring those three people in at the same time so that there is alignment, so that there's a hundred percent buy-in on the, on uh, how the team is going to be managed from a general manager position in the terms of player acquisition and so forth, how the team is going to be coached by the head coach and who he's going to bring in as his assistants and so forth, and who is that quarterback, and that everyone is in accord that this is the right quarterback for the right time at the right time for this team. And they build around that quarterback. When have the Bears done that? They haven't. When Ryan Pace came in, he chose to keep – Jay Cutler. Now, I know Jay Cutler had uh, tens of millions of dollars into his contract, and it was very, very difficult to get rid of him. But he kept him on for two years, and there could have been a way to, at the very least, bring in some draft picks to have him compete, uh, have uh, a promising quarterback compete with Jay Cutler. Do I need to remind you again that Dak Prescott was a fourth-round draft pick? He could have been drafted and in camp competing with Jay Cutler. So fast forward to uh, Matt Nagy coming in. He's got to convince Ryan Pace something that he really doesn't believe, that Mitchell Trubisky can work his offense. There's no way that that Matt Nagy thought that. I mean, he if you're going to give him credit for anything, at least give him credit for, for, for not uh, – being an advocate for Mitchell Trubisky, but he did uh, advocate for Mitch Trubisky when he got the job, when he was interviewing for the job. But in his heart, he really knew that Mitchell Trubisky wasn't the guy. And so the synchronicity with Bears ownership and management has to be improved. And that's why I am advocating that Ryan Pace be moved and we bring in an, uh, 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 at least a GM and a head coach who both agree that Justin Fields can turn into a franchise quarterback and that they have a, a synchronized plan as to how to go about that. Well, well, well. <laughs> Since we're talking about Mr. Trubisky. I knew it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, John. Tell me how you really feel. Tell me how you really feel, gentlemen. But guys, but guys it's, it's when the Bears have been at the, I don't want to say bottom feeders, but we've been trying to get lucky for some time, and we've been following the hype because when Matt Nagy that offseason, the the um Chiefs the Chiefs offense was still top five, and so we were chasing what the buzz was. We were chasing who were the top candidates, and he was. I mean, because he was under Andy Reid. Um, Patrick Patrick Mahomes just did what he just did. After, he spent that whole offseason with Nagy, and so. But the same thing with Glennon. Glennon was the top like free agent that 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 offseason. I mean that, that that's what it was. All the teams, it was three teams that were looking for him. And I think the Bears are getting into the bidding world with themselves. Anyway, we were following the hype instead of doing like actual research because when Matt Nagy couldn't say that um Mitch Trubisky's the guy, Matt Nagy didn't have any credibility to stand on besides the fact that I was the QB for um for Andy Reid's offense. So it was like Where's the credibility for the player development? Because who is that guy that can that can run Matt Nagy's offense? Because what is it? Because I've seen the Chiefs offense evolve ever since Maggie, Matt Nagy left. And so Matt Nagy got his chance to finally call plays during some unknown time, unknown time with the Kansas City Chiefs. But we took that success and we expected him to implement that here. And it was the exact opposite. 
the Kansas City Chiefs were one of the it was the top three teams from quarterback to tight end production. It took the Bears three years. You guys, you understand this is the best tight end production we've had in over four in over four seasons. Well, over four, not very high. It's, and it's not. But 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 is it but is this funny to realize? Um, we don't know where we're going yet because we don't know where the leader, how much ownership is the leadership going to say. Ryan Pace, what are you looking for? What have you failed upon? It's the GM's job to get the talent in here to be properly developed, and who's going to be in control of that going forward? Um, the chat keeps mentioning Todd Bowles. I mean, that that, that that's a deep, that's a defensive guy who has credibility. I mean, I've seen Todd Bowles like execute even as a coordinator. He's like execute, like he has, actually has years of experience. Of like he did he did wonders for the um, Washington secondary at some point like he was actually like tough and so I mean it's 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 hit or miss John we we we, need, we do need to get lucky buddy at some point in time but um, we have a we have we have our quarterback we have our running back number one wide receiver question mark invest into the offensive line question mark where are we going gentlemen yeah and. One thing I want to bring up, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this a lot more, not just next week, but in the in the coming week, is uh, how attractive is the Chicago job compared to some of the other jobs that are going to be open? Because I think last year there were seven job openings of something of that nature. Uh, I don't know if there's going to be that many uh, going going into this offseason. You, you look, obviously, Jacksonville is going to hire somebody. Uh, maybe uh, Houston, uh, they're going to move on. Uh, uh, David Cully, I, I, I can never remember his name, but he was a guy that they, they were really underwhelmed with with the hiring, and that team's kind of in shambles. I would probably take Chicago's situation over them. They don't have a franchise, but well, depending on what you're going to do with Deshaun Watson, who knows what's going to happen there. You might get a treasure trove of picks for Deshaun Watson, or he might just keep sitting out. Uh, maybe Denver, if they move on from Fangio, they might be a big quarterback away from really being a contender. If Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver, maybe that's the you know the the crown jewel of coaching vacancies. Uh, Carolina, maybe uh, I'm not sure, but I'm just I'm writing all of the maybes here, and I'm getting five. Five teams might be looking for coaches, and quite frankly, Chicago is the one that has the the you know the the prospect quarterback. Because you look at some of the other coach the the other rookies this year, uh, Zach Wilson uh, is in the uh, with New York. They're not moving on from Salah yet. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, yeah, you go to Jacksonville, you get Trevor Lawrence, but you get whatever else comes along with being the, you know the Jacksonville head coach. Uh, maybe maybe that's maybe that's a good situation. Maybe it's not. Uh, you, if you look at some of these other some of these other uh, situations, it's weird. But I think, man, maybe I would go to Chicago. Maybe I would take the Bears job because of not just because of the quarterback uh, and the uh, new GM, but. You know, it is the Chicago Bears. It is it is a charter franchise, the NFL. I think that that still has some uh, appeal to it. Uh, I think that's still something like you're the head coach of the Chicago Bears. I think that's still that's a title that uh, is something that's still sought after. So um, I, I think that the, the Bears situation is attractive. As long, I think that the fans are more. I think the fans are more afraid of who they hire rather than the person coming in that is going to be afraid of it. I don't think it's. I don't think it's a toxic situation. I think the fans are just always weary because they're like, how are they going to screw this one up? How are they going? How are they going to? How are they going to fumble this one? How are they going to ruin Justin Fields? How are they going to botch the head coaching? How is the GM going to screw this one up? Who are we trading away? Who are we trading for? The fans are the, probably the ones that are more on pins and needles than whoever, whatever the candidates are that they bring in. I totally agree. I mean, listen, um, things 
from the from some some perspectives might look at the Chicago Bears head coaching job is a, is not an enticing one and i've seen people from uh, some people from the national media perspective question that you know or or you know say that totally disagree i mean besides all the history charter franchise and so forth this is a huge opportunity for any head coach to become a national i mean global star you, you saw what mike ditka did with this franchise you know, Mike Dick was selling cereal in, in Russia, for God's sake, because he became so popular. And so that can happen again. You know, you need a little bit of luck. You need to have a general manager who is going to work in, in concert with you to get you all of the tools that you need in order to implement your vision. And, you know, you, 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 you need good players. There's no doubt about it. And as John just said, you know, you you potentially have one here in Justin Fields who could be a, a legitimate franchise quarterback like some of the great quarterbacks we've seen of this century with all of the abilities to do everything, throw the ball accurately, accurately throw the ball deep, uh, uh, be a leader of men. Uh, does he need to correct certain things? Absolutely. The game is still too fast for him. The, the, he needs to protect the ball better, but those things are all correctable. And if anyone disagrees with that, then you need to look back at the history of the NFL, Hall of Fame quarterbacks who had disastrous rookie seasons, and people were saying, oh, Peyton Manning's a bust. Oh, Troy Aikman is a bust. No, they weren't a bust. It just took time for them to play at a very high level. And so uh, and, and that can happen a lot faster if you've got the, the proper coaching staff and implement it. And so any coach would love to have this opportunity. Now, there may be some coaches out there who, who don't have the same feeling about Justin Fields. They've seen the game tape, both uh, of him as a pro and him as a college quarterback, and they probably would have rather have Mac Jones. Um, but those, those coaches then should be disqualified from consideration move on to the next guy who you know is going to be in love with Justin Fields and uh, in love with the possibilities of what that job can bring. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, I was just saying, I'm actually, I'm actually rather excited because it, it, it would be very freaking exciting. Aldo, you just hit it right on the freaking nail. This will be a hot ticket. You come to Chicago, you in the playoffs. Oh my God. You like where the bears are right now. You don't have to do much of being immortalized. Like you could, you could, you could, you could, you could be celebrated for a lot right now. And we, we greatly appreciate it. You come to Chicago, get a playoff win within the next two seasons. Oh my God, they'll be they'll they'll be they'll be oh they might build a statue. You, that's just, that's just where we are right now, sadly. But I feel like this is very exciting. I guys, I truly have I do I true. I'm excited about different parts of this team. It will be so dope for our ownership to take advantage of it just to see what we can do next year within the next couple of years. I like, I truly like this kid, Justin. I, I like, I like, I like, he, he is an X factor. And I just feel like this off season, watching tape, watching defenses and coming back and just having that command and presence. Cause now you're starting. I did. I remember going back. I didn't want him to do anything. I wanted him just to watch whatever, but now, you, now it's it. It's game on. You're, you got to It's come. It's game time. Now, Rookie season's over. You're going to learn from all those mistakes. Now you're the starter. How are you going to command the troops, Justin? It's, this is on you. Now your clock has officially started because NFL, not for long. You know what I'm saying? You only got a couple years to show that you're not a backup, and then you'll be forced into that role. So I'm excited to see how this young man is going to respond and who he's going to work with to, to accomplish that. And so, therefore, John, with that being said, and this being a big of a market, I feel like this is a huge opportunity. 
huge opportunity because Brian, Brian Leftwich, the, who is the assistant we're going to go after? I don't want as, as the Bears front office going to go get some guy we never freaking heard of and try to be outsmart everybody. Or who's that assistant? Are we going to St. Louis? Are we going to go to a winning organization and try to bring a vision here? Or are we going to try to get a family friend or not a family friend, but somebody like that's that's what I'm excited about. Are we going to go to a winning organization and try to grab somebody from a tree? Like that. That's what I'm curious to see what the plan is. Well, I hope they don't go to St. Louis. They haven't had a team in three years. Uh, right. But if they do, <laughs> I'm, playing. Uh, I'm, playing, I'm playing with you. I understand what you're saying. But uh, to just to, to circle back to that uh, point about if you win in Chicago, it's much bigger. And so, uh, listen, they're not gonna. They wouldn't. They wouldn't have made an SNL stick uh, skit about the super fans if they won in Jacksonville. They, they're not. They're not making. A, they're not making a big thing about Ditka if uh, he won it with the Carolina Panthers. If you win in Chicago, that is way much. And, you, and although to your point, you win in Chicago, it's a lot better for your marketing. It's a lot better for your future, and you can set yourself out, set yourself up as a Chicago sports icon to work in Chicago media for the rest of your life and be comfortable and have any job that you want talking about the Bears for the rest of your life if you are able to win in chicago hell i mean they're, they're all look at the there's so many ex-bears players who are doing bear stuff now and so it's just uh if you're able to win in chicago i think it means a lot more not to say that you know there aren't diehard jaguar fans or diehard carolina panthers fans i'm not trying to disparage it but i'm saying there's just something different about if you win as the chicago bears and especially a starved chicago bears franchise and fan base that wants a winner more than anything. So I think that there's a lot to be said about that. We're probably, I mean, now's probably not the time to do it. We're going to break down a bunch of, you know, different uh, scenarios, different candidates, different schemes. Cause I don't even know, I don't even know what defensive scheme Todd Bowles runs. He, he might run a Tampa two or something like that. And all the, or he, if he runs, a, I don't know if he runs a four, three, I don't think he runs a four, three, but if he does all your personnel set up to run a three, four. So I don't know. I don't know what, uh, I don't know what, exactly he's going to go into all that we're gonna to have to break that down that's going to happen probably within the next week or so but um anything else that we need to go over before we get out of here fellas because uh we're talking about bears giants yeah i um uh, i just want to respond to uh jj oh oh <laughs> joe egg um Every player, uh, he writes, I never get Aldo not realizing that every player at every position has all these qualities. No, that's not true. The, the qualities that Justin Fields possesses are so much better than Andy Dalton. This, the, the arm strength, the ability to uh, avoid the rush, the ability to gain yards as a running quarterback. Um, he's got physical traits that are better than probably, you know, every quarterback in the National Football League with the exception of a handful. So the question now is, can you find a coach that can harness these physical abilities? And I think they can. And let's remember what Justin Fields did on the national stage at Ohio State, playing against top-ranked competition, playing against the very best college football had to offer. And he, he gets injured. He injures his ribs. People think he's going to be out for the game, and he comes back and throws four or five touchdown passes in the national championship game. These things, this is not normal. Uh, J. Joe Aguan, this is not normal. This isn't, you know, something that uh, Mitch Trubisky did. Now, somebody said earlier that in his rookie season, Mitchell Trubisky had a better season than Justin Fields. 
That is correct. Statistically, he did. There's no doubt about what that. Rookies, are we talking about 2017 or 2018? Uh, 2017, Mitchell Trubisky had a better yeah. uh, rookie season than Justin Fields' 2021 season, of course. I mean, okay, because we're, we're talking about how Tr Trubisky handled the Dowell Loggins-John Fox scheme <laughs> and how Justin Fields is handling the Matt Nagy scheme. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. come on. I feel, like, guys. I, yeah, I feel bad for both of them, but I don't think it's a fair measuring stick. It's not. It's not. It's yeah. I agree. I don't. I, I don't think it, it is a fair measuring stick. And then when you add to that, we heard Jay Feely, who did the color commentating uh, on today's Giants Bears game. We heard him basically knock Matt Nagy for not having Justin Fields prepared for the regular season. He anointed him the number two quarterback, but never really did the job to get him ready to play. Uh, 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 in, uh, in a regular season game. What do I mean by getting ready? It's tailoring the offense to his strengths. It's doing the things that you started to do after the fiasco in Cleveland. It's uh, so many things, you know, and, and giving him more preseason snaps. There's so many things that Justin Fields could have benefited from uh, uh, from a, a head coach who, who, who knows pro the proper way to disguise deficiencies in your quarterback and highlight the the positives and Matt Nagy did not do that and that's perhaps the biggest reason why he should be fired you know there's still a chance that Mitchell Trubisky could be a really solid starter in the National Football League and if that happens what happens to Matt Nagy's reputation it, it solidifies I think what all of us have been saying about the guy he's awful He's awful at the at, at he came to Chicago with the reputation of being a quarterback whisperer, quarterback guru, quarterback coach, all this stuff. And he, he just hasn't done it. He hasn't done it. Even Andy Dalton today had a bad day, the veteran that he wanted to bring in, you know. So uh so you, we need to look at this from 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 lots of different points of view. And I think that um I stand by the fact that Justin Fields has a great chance to be a franchise quarterback. A thousand percent. I mean, um, from from the offenses, it's going to be really awesome if we get the right leadership and a, even a complex scheme. From just they can only do what Justin is learning. And out to your point, like you just said, failure to be prepared. This 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 is a smart kid. We talking about the highest mental aptitude test guy, outscoring Patrick Mahomes. He can handle loads of information. He can actually handle it. He has to be taught it. But that's what happens when you build the right type of relationship. He can handle these things. This is not like a kid that's got by on pair of athleticism. He's actually pretty smart. So which means is um, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, they operate outside of what the scheme is there. And so, but it's just, they just, I mean, it's, that's why I'm excited about the future. It is what it is because if there was anybody that could make Maggie look good, it should have been Justin Fields. But Matt Nagy, to his own reasonings, didn't want to put the timing with him. We will never know the truth of the situation. But that's why it's, a, it's about what's going to happen going forward. Justin Fields going forward, Mr. Biscuit going forward, we'll be able to see, like, dang, we really wasted some time. But guess what? We gave him a chance to coach. Now it's time to move on. That's really it. There's nothing else to sell us on. Nobody's perfect. Nobody gets a coach every time. It is what it is. Good job, Matt. Thank you very much, sir. We did. Hey, yo, we won a division. That was dope. Great. It, it's all because we missed the – hey, we didn't miss that field goal. If we didn't miss that field goal, I felt like we would have we won a couple more games. Just That's just how I was feeling at the time. Because I, I did, I just liked the, the role of the team at the time. But guess what? It's over. And um, let's just see what happens next week. And that's really it. 
Yeah, and I'll and I'll I'll just say this to kind of put a cap on this. The the a lot of the national folks when they get a hold of a Bears argument and they're talking about it now, some some of them have been rightfully hard on Matt Nagy. Other ones have been, how can you send this guy out when he got Mitch Trubisky to the playoffs twice? They've been to the playoffs twice. Listen, Matt Nagy did not bolster Mitch Trubisky in that offense to will the Bears into the playoffs. They had a historically good defense that got them to the playoffs. They had defense that was carrying them through games to get them to the playoffs, and they fell ass backwards into a magic new playoff spot last year. Had this been any other year in the history of the NFL, the Bears would not have made the playoffs last year, but they opened up a seventh seed just for the Bears so they could lose in the first round. So that argument of how can you get rid of a guy that's made the playoffs two out of the four years or whatever, I think falls flat because he was not the reason. He was not the architect of that. He was not the driving force. He handled the offense, which was the biggest problem of those teams, not the strength, the strength of the the strength of the team were the things that he had nothing to do with. And so I think that should speak on itself that had there been someone in there that could run a competent offense or even a competitive offense, the Bears may have gone a little bit further. Maybe they would have won a few more games, but we didn't. So we'll, I, I am excited for change. I have a lot of confidence in Justin Fields. I have a lot of confidence in his demeanor and his character and his talents. And I think that a lot of the times people just expected the rookie to come in and just, you know, take the the league by storm, which happens what? It, it's an anomaly. It happens every once in a while. And it wasn't going to happen with the Chicago Bears. It wasn't going to happen with Matt Nagy. It was not going to happen with this offensive scheme that Justin Fields is going to have a rookie of the year slash MVP season in his first season in the NFL. So we'll see what goes on. But I have a lot of confidence in him. Do I have confidence in the Chicago Bears to get the head coach and GM right? That's for a different. That's for a different episode altogether. As we wrap up, this is my therapy because I am actually kind of upset when I think about the biggest organization. But I just want to talk this out real quick. What's the what's the um? So this is where we fall back on a rookie because Trey Lance actually has walked into a great situation and hasn't really had that much success because. I would think Kyle Shanahan has a phenomenal track record of working with quarterbacks. I mean, he's the, he he got um 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 Kirk Cousins paid. I mean, Kyle, I, I, I mean he went to um what's the name in the, um Atlanta and did some great things. And so for Trey Lance, right. and so like Kyle Shanahan, I feel like has a great system of getting people open. I feel like he has a system for so that's more of a system. So if Justin Fields was in that and doesn't produce, like okay, you could talk about bust or not. But it's like to, to say Justin Fields is a bust or whatever, you're being silly because, like, who is he learning from? So Trey, if Trey Lance if Trey Lance right now, let's just say this is just rookie woes and learning, but if Trey Lance doesn't pick it up over the next two years, you're like, oh, what's really going on here? Because we've seen what Jeremy Garoppolo could do with this offense. Yeah, and they went to the Super Bowl. And so, like, we, you know it's possible. And so that's why for us, right, we'll talk about it here next week. Let's just see where we go going forward, guys, because that's where we – but the question we could talk about going next week, next couple of weeks is how much leash do we give the next head coach? Is that a two year, two year, three year project? And those are the conversations coming up. Yeah, it's got to be a, a you know three year commitment to a head coach, and the only way you could fire him before that is if he is Matt Nagy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> 
I think we, I think we, we've proven anyone. I don't see a lot of people supporting Matt Nagy, uh, but I think anyone that is um, probably should just go back and look at the tape. I mean, even this game, a convincing victory, easy game. You know, even even this game with his his handpicked veteran quarterback, the offense was still you know sputtering at times and and didn't take advantage. Of, uh, of of opportunities to score tons of points. So even in the in, even in the best of times, Matt Nagy still proves to me that uh, he's not right for this jump. Yeah, yeah. without a doubt. And uh, I think that <laughs> everyone has their own differing opinions and different degrees of opinions on the head coach, the Bears as a franchise. Uh, but at the end of the day, don't take it too seriously, folks, <laughs> because uh, we're, uh, we're we're just we're, we're this is our favorite thing in the world. And I know and then talking about the Bears is something we love doing. And this is something that we're always going to do and we're super passionate about. Uh, try not to let it wreck your peace from Monday through Friday, though. Let it wreck it. Uh, let it wreck your Sundays, maybe halfway into your Mondays, maybe Tuesday if they have a Monday night game. <laughs> but uh, try try not to get it too serious because there's a lot of a lot of a lot of other things you should be paying attention to. But uh, Aldo, are we about ready to wrap this up? I think we are. I just want to let people know that uh, tomorrow, Greg Gabriel will share his opinion on all, all of this. And and this was a really tough loss for, or, or tough game for Greg because he spent 17 years in the New York Giants organization before coming to the Chicago Bears for 10 years. And so his heart was bleeding in, in certain respects. So we'll get his take, not only on his experience watching this game uh, today, but also talk to him about what he is hearing from his sources over at Hallis saw and what we could expect over the next week and then preview that final game against uh, the Vikings. And then Dan and Aldo bear their souls is on Tuesday. Uh, those are the next two Chicago bears shows that I have, but you guys got something special cooking up for Wednesday, right, John? Uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, we got to, we got to bear debate on Tuesday because the extravaganza of a phone fifty five will be next week to round out the uh, to round out the season. But this week, Tuesday, Tyler and I will be going head to head for some to bear debate. Ten questions about the Chicago Bears. We're going to debate those and it all in good fun, of course. Mm-hmm. And then Wednesday, we are going to have our Buffone fifty five show where we break down the Bears' upcoming opponent. That'll be the Minnesota Vikings. That'll be more of an open ended kind of forum. Uh, we'll try to bring in somebody who covers the Vikings to talk about what the current status of the Vikings is. Are they going to let go of Zimmer as their head coach? Or are they going to try to, what are their playoff chances looking like? Uh, we'll, we'll get to that obviously on Wednesday, but it's always good to know what's going on uh, around the NFC North. So we'll do that on Tuesday and Wednesday. I believe Danny Shim will be breaking down the tape on Thursday on Bear Truth. Mike North on, on Thursday as well to give you all of his thoughts. Um, but And then, then uh, next week, you're going to want to tune into the season finale of Buffon 55. We're merging some shows. We're bringing like three different bar, uh, bar room network shows into one to do the uh, Buffon 55 season finale. We're going to have Tyler on for the bear debate. Uh, we're going to have a, we're going to have a couple guests on Aldo will be there. We're going to bring some other people in from the bar room network. It's going to be just one big end of the season. Uh, we'll see, we'll call it a therapy session, but <laughs> that's basically what it'll be. So make sure you, uh, you stay tuned for that as well, but that's basically all I got. I appreciate everyone tuning in to all of these shows, whether it's the live version, the podcast version, the video version, or the audio version. We love interacting with you guys, even whenever we get into it and argue with people. We It's all in good fun. There's, nothing's ever personal here. So I appreciate everybody who uh, who came in today to listen and watch the show. Tyler, any final thoughts? 
Absolutely. Um, just a couple. Um, big shout out to um, Joe Mando and Sean and Adam Sean from Fantasy Football Goon. Um, that's a fantasy um, show on the network. These guys do a phenomenal job getting you prepared for your fantasy lineups all year long. And today was the championship. And um, I had the honor to play um, our buddy on the network, um, um, Chris Gonzalez, in the championship. And congratulations to Chris as he has taken the lead. And I don't think I'm going to get it back. So congratulations <laughs> to my buddy, Chris Gonzalez, for um, I believe he's going to win the championship in the Goon League. And so that's really awesome. And then we got some um, – we got – I think I think Ron is winning in the Barroom Network League, I believe, right now. Him and Laura are going at it right now. So shout out to those guys. And But besides that, stay tuned. Shout out to the um, the Barfly Tailgate Show. They Those are guys getting you guys ready in the morning and everything. We're going to do one more time. It's a one more week. Hang with us, therapy. And then we'll have a nice a nice offseason send you all guys something nicely. But um, smash the like button. Stay tuned to the network. Plenty of things coming up. We love you all. And bear down and let's have a great week. All right. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.